Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 343 Podcast. My name is John Pronich, and I am your host. And this podcast has featured some of the biggest and most recognizable names in U.S. soccer. I'm talking about guys like Bob Bradley, Eric Winalda, and Taylor Twelman. All those guys have been on the show. And we've had some guests that a lot of people wouldn't recognize, uh, like guys like Ted Westerfeld or Terry Ransbury or Mark Pulisic. And I'm not name dropping just for the sake of name dropping, I promise. Uh, there's a reason for this intro. The list of guys that have appeared on this show goes on and on and on. You can scroll back on 343coaching.com and find almost every episode that I've ever recorded, minus like the first 15 or 20 guys that I interviewed before this became the official 343 podcast. And you might recognize some of those names, like the names I just mentioned, and not all of them are big stars, like some of the other ones I just mentioned, but all of the names do have one thing in common. They're all men. But that changes with this episode today. This episode is the first 343 podcast with a female guest, and her name is Chandra Eigenberger. And if you uh, look at Chandra's Instagram, her bio describes her as a pro footballer that is learning life with a ball at her feet. And you're going to hear her talk about some of the things that life has taught her. Not all good. Uh, Not all bad either. Not all bad. Uh, Chandra grew up in what is best described as the opposite of a soccer hotbed. Uh, She was raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And she learned quickly that if she wanted to chase her dream of becoming a professional soccer player, that she was going to have to work hard for it, harder than most. And as you're going to hear her say during this interview, she learned quickly that she was going to have to fend for herself if she wanted to make it. At age 24, she has already had a number of successes in her playing career. Chandra was picked up by Portland Thorns, and she has shared the field with players like Alex Morgan and Tobin Heath and Christine Sinclair, but she's also had a number of setbacks, like this one, for example, contract disputes with a Bundesliga team that left her wondering how she'd be able to buy groceries at the end of the week, and that ultimately forced her back to Green Bay. The setbacks are not stopping her, though. And one of my favorite parts of this episode that you are about to hear is when Chandra talks incredibly passionately, sorry, incredibly passionately, is that a thing? No. When Chandra talks passionately about how much work she is actually putting in to achieve her goals. It's insane. And I don't think most people understand how much work it actually takes to reach that top, top level. But uh, one of the things she talks about specifically that I uh, that I really enjoyed, that is something that not a lot of people are doing or not doing enough of, is uh, is the pickup games that she's been playing and how she has earned the respect from the guys that were a little bit unsure about letting a girl play with them. And uh, Chandra has an incredible and positive attitude. It was a, it was actually a, a true true pleasure to have a conversation with her and break away from the madness that was happening because Chandra and I spoke the day after the U.S. men's national team got bounced in World Cup qualifying. And uh, she actually, she wasn't shy about that topic. We uh, we kicked everything off actually with her thoughts about the loss 
by the men's team and the impacts that it could potentially have on the women's game. Um, all right. But like I said earlier, if you want to find the older episodes of this podcast, you can search through all of them on 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343 and then coaching all spelled out. Um, And while you're there, you can also sign up for either our free or our premium coaching membership. And if you're new to 343, which we've we've gotten... um, some new listeners, some some new followers here recently. So if you're new to 343 or you're unsure what we're really about, we highly recommend, highly, highly recommend starting with all of our free content before switching to any of our paid content. And and we have plenty of it for you to uh, to bite into. So we have hundreds of articles, videos, podcasts, and and those are all, yeah, you know, like I said, those are all free for you to uh, to check out. And you can find all of that and more at 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, .com. And if you like this show, you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, which is formerly iTunes. And you can also subscribe to it on Stitcher. And if you really like this show, you should uh, you should leave us a five-star rating because it helps uh, helps the show raise in, in the uh, – or rise, raise, or rise, man, I'm, I'm struggling today, um, helps the show rise in the rankings and, and just more people, um, might be able to see it or hear about it. And that would be cool. Um, all right, make sure, uh, if you can go to the website, 343coaching.com and, and follow the links to follow or connect with Chandra on social media. She's pretty active on there. Um, there's links to her Instagram and her Twitter, and I'm sure she would appreciate a hello from everybody. And okay. Let's get to the show. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you and your support. I appreciate you guys so much. And I hope that you enjoy this episode of the 343 Podcast, the special episode of the 343 Podcast with Chandra Eigenberger. And just make sure that these are not... Okay. One second here. I can't tell you how many pairs of headphones that I have. I think I have the same beats. You. Really? <laughs> yeah, I love. Oh my god, they're my favorite. I bet you didn't get yours two hundred dollars off though. Oh, <laughs> no, I not. Yeah, I went into I went into Best Buy and they're having like a fiftieth anniversary sale and all kinds of stuff was fifty percent off and I was like, oh okay, today's yep. the day that I buy Beats. Right? Yeah, I would. <laughs> we buy a lot of other things too. Okay, can you? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Good. If you just okay. if you just leave it dangling there, that's fine. If you if you start okay. moving around a little bit, just try to hold it out away from your body, or else it'll pick up like your shirt or your neck. Or okay, let me just sit. My hair is not, <laughs> not doing any scratching. No, you're okay. All good. How does how does that sound? It sounds good. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pull up my questions that I sent you. Where did I send those to? There they are. All right. You right. good? Yep, ready. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy a crazy day today. Really? I don't, know, I don't know how anything. I don't know if this affects you at all, but I mean, the, the U.S. men's national team not making the World Cup. That's humongous news on our I know. end. So. It kind of. I mean, of course, like you know, whether it's women or men, like anytime the U.S. doesn't go through that, it's not good news for the soccer world, but. It also is kind of interesting in a way with regards to the salary 
comparisons with the men and the women. You know, you have the women who always qualify, and you know we won the World Cup this past in 2015. So, and here the men didn't make it out of you know qualifiers. So, but yet the women are getting paid far less than the men. You know, I think there is an article that came out recently where the national teams, both the men and the women, wanted to give at least 2% of their salary towards the things that are going on in Houston. And 2%, I think, of the women's salary was around 2000 and the 2% for the men's salary would be 200000 So it's just like the difference is so, so large, but yet the women make more uh, sales when it comes to their tickets and they, you know, sell out more stadiums and they're higher ranked in the world, but yet they beat the men in that, but yet the salary is so different. So it's kind of like, I'm sure the women's team are, you know, they, it's sad to see the men's team not, not make it out, but yet in a way they're probably thinking in the back of their mind, like, okay, like, when are you guys going to wake up? Like, we can make it to the World Cup. We've been at the World Cup. You know, we're always, you know, getting out of our group stage. We're always making it there. We're always in the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. And yet, you know, nothing nothing changes with the salary. So, yeah. But, it, you know, it, it is sad to see because you see those those guys, they're still, they're still putting in, you know, so much of their time, so much of their motion. It, you know, it happens every four years. It's such a big tournament and, I'm sure it's it's hard for them to see them like go through that. So it's, I'm sure it's, it's hard on them as well. It's interesting though because I think a lot of people right now are going to be so focused on just the men's national team, and right. and what you just brought up is, is a very very valid point. And this is an absolute great opportunity for people that are involved in on the women's side of the game to speak right. up because there there is no better time than now that we should be demanding change from all sides. Right, exactly. All sides, yeah. youth, women's, men's, everything. This is this mm-hmm. is the opportunity right now that we have. Um this this opportunity is never going to happen again. Right, exactly. So. And I think it'll shine maybe a little bit more light on the upcoming NWSL championship that's this weekend with Portland and North Carolina, you know, that's kind of a, a big step with women's soccer. And, you know, it's, it was a great semifinal to watch for, for both teams. And then now the final, it should be really exciting. So maybe it'll shine some more light on that, but yeah, hopefully, you know, the, the salary can be, there can be some differences that can be, that can be made. So. Yep. I'm curious. I, I, uh, have you ever been involved with the U.S. Women's National Team program at youth level or or top level? I have not. The only um, development that I had was when I was younger with ODP, which is it, it kind of has a similar um, similar program, but it's it's called Olympic Development Program. But I think they pull um, a lot of, of their their youth players I think come out of programs similar like that one I know after reading Carly Lloyd's book um when nobody was watching it the beginning chapter she was saying how she used to play for her ODP team and then it got her into um 
the U.S. youth national team and then so on. So it was um, a program I think is really good to be in um, for, for youth-wise. But, of course, you know, politics are always involved and it's hard, especially when you're at that age when you can't really kind of fend for yourself, sort of, so to speak. Um, but I think it it kind of gives you an idea of what is to come later on. You know, it's that's going to happen at what no matter what age and to um, to kind of prepare yourself, I guess, for that. But when. I was a non-contracted player with Portland Thorns. You know, I was around other national team players. And when I played um, in the UWS league um, this past summer, there is a few other national team players. Um, Dana Cassiano, she was up for the uh, FIFA Ballon d'Or award this year. So, so playing with players like that has definitely, you know, helped my game and is kind of a good... Um, good way to compare myself and set myself up against these players, you know, like playing alongside them, you know, what things I can do better. They make me grow. So even though I haven't um, been with the national team, it's definitely one of my main goals. So, you know, being saying that I can play with those players and have played on the same team as those players is, you know, a really great accomplishment. I want to I want to get to some of the questions that I that I emailed you, but I I, sure. I also I want to I want to ask you one more question, kind of regarding the events that are taking place today. Sure. Um, and you mentioned that you you've been with the Portland Thorns and you've been around like the U.S. Women's National Team players and you've and you've played with with other teams and, and other national team players as well. Do you ever have conversations? like with them about some of the issues that take place in United States soccer? Um, I have not. I know when I was with Portland, they, um, they weren't, they weren't there for much of the season. Um, being that that was in, that was actually in 2015. So that was when they were leaving to go for the world cup. So they were kind of in and out a lot of the times, um, with, well, actually, the there's actually one. Um, she's not in the U.S., but she used to be with Canada. Lauren Sesselman. She's from uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is where I'm from. So, actually, we started training together maybe a little over, or just under two years now, um, and we played together in California this past uh, summer. But um, you know, she played in the NWSL, and she's you know experienced that the issues with like the salary and the issues that have been taking place in the NWSL, you know, with politics and coaches, stuff like that. So we've had a lot of a long late night talks about that. And um, even, you know, there's issues that she's experienced with Canada. So it's not just the U S and I think there's a lot of other uh, national teams that are um, dealing with those issues. And there's actually another girl that I met in California, she was on the Finnish national team. She plays for FSU currently right now. And, you know, their national team, they don't even get paid at all. Mm. So it's like to be representing a country and to be traveling and doing exactly what all the other national teams are, but not to be getting any any money for that, That's that must be hard. And, you know, here, you know, we are that our national teams are getting paid, but yet there's other girls' national teams that aren't even getting anything. So 
it kind of puts you in a, a different perspective. You know, there's someone's always got it worse out there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear the different issues that go on with, you know, the U S compared to Canada versus other European national teams and how, how things are run differently and how they view soccer. You know, they're the U S I think might have it better than a lot of other nations. And then I feel like there's other nations that have it a little better than the U S. So it kind of, it kind of varies, I think. Yeah, we we have a little uh, Canadian contingent, I guess, a little Canadian following for this this podcast and, and the work that mm-hmm. we do. And I got a message recently from one of them, and he's like, "Hey, man, like, and I, I'm I'm ad libbing here, but uh, he's like, "Hey, man, do you, do you ever have plans to like involve uh, Canada in in the conversation? <laughs> it's like we 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 have problems up here too." And I was like, dude, it's hard enough trying to talk about U.S. soccer. I I don't know anything about the Canadian issues. But what you Mm -hmm. brought up, though, about the that girl experiencing some of the same problems, it, it, yeah, we're so. I I think we're more intertwined than uh, than we think. And and I I personally I always kind of you know push Canada to the side, and I probably Mm -hmm. shouldn't. I should probably address more (laughs) of those issues, but. Yeah, and 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 also, I don't know if I told you this in the email. You are going to be the first female guest on this podcast. Oh wow, <laughs> I'm very so, excited about that. So this is a big wow. Moment. That's great. Yeah, and, that's very great. Um, and uh, having having somebody come on it, and right away you just you jumped in very comfortably to mm-hmm. to the conversation talking about some of the issues i think that was big and that w- this wasn't planned like w- mm-hmm. last night or, or the last few weeks when we've been exchanging emails and and, and uh, dms on on instagram it's like we didn't we didn't plan to to talk about to, women's right. soccer issues we didn't plan for the mm-hmm. u.s men's national team to to get bounced from the world cup and so right i i think that that this is actually going to be a good uh <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to sound like sexist or anything, but this is like a good first uh introduction for a female right. to this podcast because we talk oh, about I some agree. very hardcore issues and everything's always directed to the men's side. And and I, right. I take one hundred percent uh fault for that. So I'm right. I'm super stoked that that we can get you on and, and talking about this stuff. Good. I'm glad I can, you know, help <laughs> shine some light on that because yeah. it's you know, we're we're fighting for it. So yeah. No, and 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 I think um, the the fight on the women's side is is obviously much different than the fight on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you mentioned about salaries and 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 whatnot that's that's a huge issue. But even just the 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 structure of your guys's your year as a player, it's like mm-hmm. you're you're an off season right now, right? Right. Correct. Okay. So what, what did the rest of 2017 look for, look, look like for you as a, as a player, I guess is, is someplace we can kind of dive into. Well, um, I guess a little bit, I mean, technically I'm in an off season right now. I, um, speaking of the salary, I just got back from Germany at about three, no, maybe four, a little over four weeks ago. I was, I had an offer, uh, like a trial with a Bundesliga team in Germany. Um, they, it was MSV Duisburg and they, um, they had a trial. It was starting to, uh, at the beginning of their season and they wanted me to come out, join their preseason camp 
And then, um, depending on how, how I did, they would offer me a contract. Um, good news. They, they offered me a contract, which is a great accomplishment because for women, you know, to be able to play in the Bundesliga, which is one of the top three leagues in the world for women, it's, you know, kind of like a, a dream come true because it shows that I can play at that level. You know, I didn't come from a really, really big school, like a top 10 school. And I haven't been with a national team and I'm 24. So, you know, it's kind of that big, uh, that big kind of step I've been, I've been waiting for. So when I was there, um, you know, it's, it was different, you know, I knew some German, so I, you know, things that were being spoken to in German during practices, it was a a little bit harder to understand, but some things I could pick up. So I think it's better than nothing. And, um, it was, you know, different going through a practice, you know, not being able to absorb the information right away and already apply it. You kind of had to understand what there was expected, you know, what was expected of you was also not being told in a different language, but also was maybe a different style or system that I'm used to in the U S. So it was a little bit different. Um, but, I think it helps you grow as a player. You know, if you can handle that, you can handle anything. So they are, they offered me a contract by the, how it was communicated with my agent in the club um, was not done in the most professional way. And uh, the offer that was originally told from my agent and then the offer that was made from the club were completely two different numbers. So um, the offer that they did make was, low far lower than I expected so you know how can you be in another country for a season that normally lasts 11 months out of the year and not really be making anything you know how can you you know would I be able to go to the grocery store every day and then have enough at the end of the month you know would I have to be worrying like I don't think I can go out to eat tonight because I have to save you know when a professional player um, in any of the main countries, including the U.S., France, Germany, Sweden, you know, shouldn't have to be worrying about, you know, can they survive going to the grocery store every day? Because that's going to be something common that they do in Europe. They tend to go to the grocery store every once, two days. So with the amount that was given, you know, that and that's not including, you know, the taxes that come out of that, the, the cut that goes to my agent. So you, you're kind of left with, nothing and what if you know I started to envelop develop an injury but I was still able to play but I needed treatment you know is that money more having to come out of that salary or was that being provided through the club sometimes it's not sometimes it is so that could have been another cut out of that amount and then you're left with you know not not including food and stuff like that so um I honestly still, you know, look back at the decision and wonder if that was maybe the best idea because sometimes your rookie year, you kind of have to bite the bullet and it, it's not a get rich, get fast um, type of league. So, you know, you kind of have to weigh the options and sometimes at the end of the day, you got to know your own worth. You got to trust in your heart and in your gut what you believe in and you got to... Um, you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day. And is, you know, I don't know for sure in that location and 
with that club, if I was going to be hundred percent happy and with how things were presented and how they were handled, wasn't in the professionalism that I was maybe hoping for, you know, maybe that was a sign that this, you know, this isn't my big break yet. So I've been through a lot of road bumps and challenges throughout my career. You know, I've played ever since I was four and I've never played any other sport other than soccer. So it's soccer has been my entire life ever since four up until now. So 20 years. Um, and you know, sometimes you just got to trust in the process and, you know, treat things with a positive outlook, no matter what, whether it's an injury, whether it's something with an agent or with a club or another player, you know, you just got to have that positive mindset moving forward. And I guess that faith that something better is going to come along. So that's currently what the situation that I'm in right now. So I'm kind of in an off season, but I'm training like I'm in season, so to speak. So I'm, you know, training six days out of the week and have an active rest on the seventh day and then, you know, do the same thing next week. So it's, um, obviously there, you know, I see there's some days that go by and I, you know, kind of rethink of like, was it a good idea to turn that down? But then, you know, I just keep believing that, my gut, I, you know, it didn't feel right. So as hard as that was to do and, you know, it wasn't easy, but at least I can say that I can play at that level. You know, I got offered the contract and I think that's the main thing. So hopefully that can, that can open some doors for me and, you know, just gotta, gotta stay patient. And hopefully I, I find some good news from a different club and it's, you know, it'll be handled in a more professional manner. But again, with the the whole salary issue, like that's, you know, what women have to deal with. And you hear these other uh, boys who are 19, 18 years old and the amount that they're getting paid for their rookie year is, you know, unbelievable. It's groundbreaking. And here, you know, (laughs) women are getting, you know, not even over not even over a thousand euro so it's just very and yeah it's just very hard to deal with but at the end of the day you know you just gotta take it with a positive mindset and keep keep moving forward you know don't let the dream die and um you never know what's going to happen next you know if you keep if you if you quit now you never know you're always in a wondering what if so if you keep plugging away and keep staying, you know, faithful towards regime, it'll, it'll come true. Did, did you, did you happen to hear the story about Christian Pulisic and, and he took a private jet to, to go to his prom? I actually, <laughs> I think, yeah, I remember, I remember hearing that. Yeah. I'm like, wow. That's, that's <laughs> insane. Pretty nice. Yeah. That, that's insane money that, that, that 18 year old kid has or 19 year old. Right. No, I think. Right. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's what you mentioned is, is it's shocking. It's shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted I wanted to go back and 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 kind of dissect what you're doing right now. I guess so. You said sure. that you're you're training six days a week with a, a seventh day of active rest. Um, right. What what I think uh, most players, parents, uh, 
the players and parents, sorry, don't realize is the amount of work and the amount of dedication and the amount of commitment that it takes if you want to make it to the top level. And there are a lot of players or a lot of parents that think like, oh yeah, like, you know, we hired a personal trainer and we're working for 30 extra minutes after practice and and like all these things like, yeah, that's good. But Mm -hmm. what are the people that are actually making it? And, and actually trying to make it to the top level, what are those people actually doing? And so maybe we can dissect your, your six-day training schedule right now. Yeah, um, I think um, that's great that parents you know, are involved with their kids because I'm an only child, so my parents were always involved with my training ever since I was a kid, and they still are. Um, you know, that way they... They see, you know, when I was younger, like, okay, I needed to be doing this more or I didn't, I did this well, you know, they were involved. So it's not like they would show up and just assume or, you know, they had this thought in their mind. They knew it because they were there and they watched. And I think watching, go ahead. Shandra, can I ask you a question? Were were your parents, um, or maybe, um, let me see if I can ask this the right way. Do you think that your parents did anything differently that that enabled you or pushed you towards this goal? Um, like were they ultra critical of you or did they push you harder? Like when you were down or, you know, those a, types a of little, things? a little bit. Yeah. I, um, more when I was around between the ages of 11 and f- 11 and 14, I would say was kind of like that middle school kind of stage. Um, you know, I remember after every game, you know, I'd be sitting in the back seat, and I'd, I'd either hear – I heard it from both of them. It was either my dad ter- talking to my mom. and But they but they, they knew me. They knew when I was on, and they knew when I was off. You know, they, they could just see it out there. And, yeah, they, they've never – neither of them ever played soccer before. They didn't know a thing about soccer before I was born, so – of course, they're still, you know, they're still new to certain things, but they saw it in me when I was on. They they saw the magic, so they knew, um, they knew to, they knew what I needed to work on. Maybe my strengths, my weaknesses. So them being involved definitely um, was a big factor. You know, very supportive. You know, the, at any time if I wanted to quit soccer, to back away, they were still going to be supportive of that. And if I wanted to, you know, increase it or bump my game up, they would have done the same thing. So, and that's another thing with like the salary of wanting, you know, I'm wanting to make enough so I could kind of give back to them. They've supported me ever since I was four for soccer, you know, all the, the traveling, the trips, the hotels, the food, the training, the treatment, the injuries, surgeries. I mean, the list goes on. So um, I think for the parents, you know, when they're wanting, when they're work, you know, having their their daughter or son work, you know, extra time after practice or hiring a personal trainer, I think that's great. But at the end of the day, it's the kid who has to want it. It's the kid who has to want to be there those extra thirty minutes. Who's wanting to pick up a ball and juggle? Who's wanting to to put the ball in the back of the net? Or you know it at the end of the day, it's the kid that has to want to be there because the parents can fork out the money. They can, you know, they can drive their kid to practice, but at the end of the day, the kid has to have that desire to be there. They have to have that love for the game and that unconditional love, not, not for the, the look of it or for, because that's what my friends are doing or that's what the popular thing is now, or 
because my sister or brother's playing or because my parents want me to. It's you got to do it all for you at the end of the day. And I think, you know, at that age, it's, it's hard to have a find a kid that's driven and knows what they want. Um, I think that's what helped me, though. I've never played any other sport. I wanted to, but I didn't have time because of soccer. Soccer was all year round for me. So, but I knew at a younger age, by maybe the age of maybe six, seven years old, that I wanted to be a national team member already at that age. So going into high school, going into college, going in after college, wanting to play professionally, that was that was just the beginning. That's what I wanted. So I think having that dream already set in my mind way ahead of time is what drove me through everything, is what pushed me through the hard moments, what pushed me through the good moments. So it, you know, helped develop me as a player because that's what I wanted to be, you know, not saying that, you know, kids who maybe don't know if they want to play after college or in college or at high school, that they're not going to be as successful. I don't, that's not true. Um, but I know that's kind of what gave it that extra boost, that extra momentum, you know, to have that, to have my dream already made up. And technically, when I was at that age, it was kind of chasing an impossible dream. You know, uh, soccer for women at the professional level didn't exist yet. So, you know, for m- most of my earlier career, I was chasing an impossible dream because it didn't even exist. So, And you, you were know, in the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah. And, you know, coming from a a city and yet a state and yet a region that is not soccer oriented by any means. So I thought it was really tough, you know, like how does someone stay, stay in that dream and stay in that mentality, especially at a younger age and still carry that and still have it to be stronger yet today when I'm older in such an environment that soccer isn't even really talked about. So or even seen playing, you know, it's sometimes I look back and wonder how did I do it? But (laughs) I think it's just, again, knowing what I wanted at a younger age. And of course, having my parents there, you know, by my side every day supporting me. And um, I think it's good that, yeah, like I said before, that the the parents want to want to help in any way possible. But I think they need to, you know, have those talks, those conversations where you really get into the nitty nitty gritty of things and you know ask them is this really what you want to do you know and you you got to want it in the bad and in the good times you know you got to want it when it's you got to still want it when you you wake up and go to practice and be like I don't want to be here you know but yet I want the dream more so it it's but it's hard because I know for myself you know at that age around 13 you know I had the the opportunity maybe to go to a better high school that they went to state every single year. There was no question. And instead I chose a high school that I was more destined to go to because that's where all my friends went. But, you know, at that age, I wasn't as driven as I was maybe when I entered college, you know, it it didn't, the mindset didn't set in yet. And I wish I had maybe, you know, working with Lauren Sussman this past two years, if I had someone like her, maybe when I was a little bit younger, you know, teach me some of the, her ways or, you know, kind of help, help me bring it, me into that mindset or have the trainers, you know, go through what I go through now and, you know, overcoming those obstacles. If I would have had that when I was a little bit younger, maybe, you know, things 
now would have maybe turned a little bit differently. So of course you're always going to look back on those moments, but you know, I think I did the best of what I could and ended up being kind of one of the soccer stars in my high school, but yet I, we never went to state. So it, that kind of, that was kind of hard, you know, but when I entered into college, that's kind of when it all changed. You know, that freshman year was such a, such a huge change, which is sad because you wish that some of the things that I went through now and the type of training that I go through now, I wish I would have done that when I was in high school or middle school. And when I see the younger people, you know, who are, who are in that age and they're going through that training now, you know, I hope they realize that how lucky they are and they appreciate it because it's, you know, you're, you're on the right path. You know, you, if you keep doing what you're doing now, you're going to, you're going to really grow. And there, another example, when I was in California, I got to train at the, um, SoCal soccer development center and they had the elite skills arena. So it's like the, the ring that lights up the panels that light up and you can I've never um, seen one of those before. Oh, it's amazing. So you basically sit in this ring and they have all these panels around you. It's about like a six meter ring. That was six meter ring. And, oh man, I want to say eight or nine meter maybe. It's, but the rings are a little bit in different in size, but they have all these panels and they have different like uh, games, so to speak. And one of the games is it's 30 seconds. There's lights that flash red, yellow, and green. The greens are three points, the yellow is one, and the red deducts one. So you try and get as many points possible in 30 seconds. And um, it you know teaches you on your first touch, your awareness, you're constantly looking, you know. So you know, there's these little girls that were in there, and I'm like, wow, if I had that when I was their age, like I can't imagine. So it you know that that's another thing to say. Like, I just hope they appreciate that type of training because I wish I had that when I was younger, that type of training, you know? So, um, like I said before, it comes down to, to wanting it. And if the kid doesn't want it as much as the parent or as much as the trainer or as the coach, you're not gonna, um, it's, it's going to be difficult. I, I, I think. One of the things that, that we offer, I don't know how much you know about, about us and what we do, but we have an online membership program and, and coaches can, or anybody can subscribe and see like training exercises and whatnot. And what we've started to do more recently is kind of provide like a, like an inside look to like the locker room and, and to conversations that happen like in the back room. And mm-hmm. one of the things I just finished editing was, um, a set of player evaluations where the coaches, the coaching staff sat down with the players and the parents. And one of the first things that they said and that the coaches said in every player evaluation was guys like, you know, you're only 14 right now. You're only 15 right now. You don't understand, but you need to start telling your parents, thank you. And you, you need to, you need to know everything that they've sacrificed for you. And you're, you're, you might understand it when you're 19 or 20 or when you're 29 or 30, but you're not going to understand it right now. And you're not going to understand the sacrifice that your parents go through. Right. And what, what you're also mentioning right now too, is another thing that, uh, that kind of gets overlooked as well. It's yeah. You don't understand at 13 years old, how much that extra training really means when you're 24 
It's right. like, oh man. Yeah. Like exactly. if I could go back now, oof, way different. <laughs> I'd be on the national team for sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I, yeah. And I remember the, the arguments sometimes that would arise between my parents, you know, and they, I mean, it's a dream for them too. You know, that they, they see me, you know, in my good moments and my bad moments, I can be irritable and, you know, um, like I said, yeah, it's a dream for them too. So of course, you know, when I was at that age, they, they knew that I wanted it and that wasn't a question. Um, so when, you know, when we had those talks, you know, you are at that age where you think you know it all and, um, kind of think you have the world in your hand, but sometimes you don't see, you know, like obviously the bigger picture. And I mean, that's, that's hard for anyone at that age. You know, I look back and, you know, wish I would have maybe done a little bit of things differently, but at least I know that now. And, you know, now I can help, you know, the people that are at that age, you know, maybe make sure they make choices with a little bit more thought behind them and, maybe those choices that are driven towards the goal or dream that they want to accomplish, not, you know, because of my friends or, you know, what maybe society wants you to do, but what you want to do. So I think that's a key, um, a key factor in, especially in that age, it's such a, it's such a crucial age. It's kind of like a make or break, you know, because there's so many other things that they're dealing with, more responsibility. You know, they start getting into high school, then they have to start thinking about college. You know, they start kind of gearing up for those, you know, that 20 through 30 years. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, I kind of laugh looking back at it, but I'm here now and that's all I can do is control what's going on now and what can, can happen in the future. So. So let's, let's, let's talk about that. Cause I think, uh, we started to talk about your training schedule and, and then we both yep. went off, we, we both went off yeah. track. <laughs> um, so what's your, what, what's your weekly routine? Like what, what do you wake up on Monday and, and, and do or plan for the week? So I have, um, strength, strength training, like agility training. Um, I train it's this place called uh, synergy sports performance um, the guy who owns it actually works with other professional athletes. He works with some of the guys in the NFL. He works with a lot of, uh, college students, high school students, some younger, some older, older kids. Um, he's also, uh, actually how I start getting to train with Lauren Sussman, cause that's where she trained as well. So that's kind of where our first kind of like training bond kind of started was at that, um, was at that place, but he, he's been my trainer now for almost two years, I want to say, and absolutely love it there. You know, he knows the right, the right things that I need for my body, what I need to work on, what I need to maintain. Uh, it's, it's like a second home there it also has a turf facility. So when I'm done, you know, maybe with my weights, strength training, I can hop in, do some shooting. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds there. So I am, I'm there. It feels like every day, but for <laughs> strength, for strength training wise and agility, um, I, that's about two or three times a week. Um, sometimes two, sometimes three, I'll, I'll go through different phases um, so those, those are on Tuesday and Friday. 
on Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I'll do, uh, those are my kind of conditioning days. So I'll do, uh, my fitness, like 300s, 120s. I'll do some track workouts, 100, 200, 300, four meters, different intervals, you know, different ladders, um, with that, um, learn those in college. You'll be faced with a lot of them for those of you that know, (laughs) so, um, those um, I like to do that help keep me fit, maintain the fitness times that I need to be at or, you know, enter into fitness times that I need to need to accomplish. So I do those and then I try and touch the ball every day. So maybe on a heavier day, I don't do shooting, but I just do uh, light ball work. Anything that requires my ball touching or the ball touching my feet. So that is kind of like a Monday through Saturday thing. Um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I play with a group of guys. We either play outside or indoors. And it's kind of like a like kind of like a Latino group, but they are quick, they're fast, and it can be a little scrappy sometimes, but they really have helped me grow. I mean, they're I'm the only girl. They speak mostly Spanish. They're English, but I'm there. And, you know, you kind of had to prove yourself at first. You know, you're usually in their culture, women do not play soccer. So me being there, you know, okay, like if you're going to come up to play, you got to play with us. You got to play like at our level. If you can keep up, you can stay kind of thing. So I've been playing with them a lot. And, you know, learning tendencies that they do. They've been kind of learning things that I do. So that has really helped. Definitely being able to play with guys, I think, helps just because they're quicker, they're faster, they're stronger. There's less room for error. So, you know, playing with them. And then when I play against girls, it's it feels a little bit easier, so to speak. You know, I can apply those things that I learned with them and then, you know, use that when I play against women. So those are on Tuesday, Thursday, and then I will sometimes on for like an active rest day, which is Sunday, I'll either do a pool workout or I'll do yoga or just maybe just go for a walk just to kind of, you know, let my body wind down from the week. And then once Monday hits, you know, start back up and do it over again. So I wouldn't say I do, you know, the same thing every single week, you can change it up a little bit, change the intensities. That way your body doesn't get used to doing the same thing. And your body's always challenged, but yet in a different way, you know, with, especially with a fitness, if, you know, if I constantly did 300s all the time, it would get used to running 300 yards the way I'm making, way my body's making the cuts. But if I change it up, you know, I throw in 300s, 120s or cones, or I do track workouts, you know, trying sprinting 100 meters or 200 meters, 300 meters, 400 meters, and then having to, you know, learn your body, learning how to recover quickly, and then to be able to do that again and again and again, having those repetitions is really key. Um, So those, that's kind of like my my weekly schedule as of now. And then if I hear something from a club that's interested, I'll start to just wind down a little bit. That way my body's fresh and ready to go whenever, whenever they need me to be. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, <laughs> on the schedule. 
I want to know more about the that game that you play with the with the guys. Is it more like pickup? Is it like just in the park? Is it uh, yeah. structured? Is it? We um, it's more uh, pickup. We you know kind of it's just kind of like a light light warm up, kind of chit chat a little bit, and then once it starts, we set up the goals depending on how many players we have. We usually play eight v eight or more, so it's no less than that. Um, it, can it can it sometimes be like thirteen on thirteen? Some yeah, sometimes <laughs> okay. in the of summer it can get to thirteen on thirteen, but I mean they're fast. They they don't let go, so it's you know and you usually will play for about ninety minutes. So they are getting kind of like that standard game time in twice a week. So that's another good another fitness session for me. But yet I can incorporate the ball and. I love playing with them. It's my favorite. I, you know, I count down the days until I get to play with them. So it's, it's really good. And then, um, indoor starting. So they have like an indoor league, which is even more serious than what they take it outside. Um, there's actually a lot of people that come there and, you know, they have their, their rivalries. So they asked me to play in that. So that's really, um, really cool that they asked me to play in that league because it, it gets really intense and, you know, it, yeah, so I'm hoping that I don't get injured or anything, but it's definitely, it'll be really exciting to play because there's, I, I've already grown because of them, playing with them. And, you know, to be able to, you know, to beat them and to hang in there with them and to, to match up against some of these guys and their footwork is amazing. So, you know, I'm learning things from them. And I think also they're learning things from me. So I think that's kind of cool to say. But um, I, I wish it can be like that for girls sometimes. You know, you never really find a big group of girls that are always like, let's play, let's play. It's, you always see that with the guys. So if there's any girls out there, play with guys. That's honestly my biggest advice to do is because it's it helps you so much you know they're quicker less room for air and you can you know you can really kind of compare yourself so I I'd say that's a big thing to do and and pick up soccer too like that's that a lot of people forget about that being such an important and, and crucial tool in development it's like that that kind of that unstructured um, environment where you can try new things or go right. against different opponents or exactly. things like that. Like that, that's where a lot of, uh, a lot of building, a lot of growth happens. And, and it seems mm -hmm. like you're experiencing that even at 24, which is, right. which is good. So. Exactly. Yes. I mean, I think that's the best time to really put what you've, what you've trained for, you know, is and to be able to play in a game like that, where, I mean, for me, I still feel like there is some type of pressure because I'm the only girl, so I, I have to hold my own out there. I don't want them to see me slip up or to, you know, to treat me any different. I want them to go into tackles as I would as if I were a guy, and I want them to defend me as if I were a guy, and they do. So that's kind of a compliment. That way they know it's kind of a respect thing. They know that I can hang with them, and they respect me, and I respect them, and and then we play. So um, I definitely try, you know, different things and, you know, that, yeah, it's one of the best ways I think a, a woman's player can grow is by playing with men. You know, it's just, 
the timing with things and you know how they work the ball around is so different compared to girls so sometimes I wish the the girls game could be kind of more like the guys game but um definitely being able to train with them helps and develops you as a player big time uh as you've been like on this uh, quest, I guess to to find a, a new team, or as you've as you've moved between teams, do you do you look for a way like a like a certain style of play when 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 you're thinking about uh, should I join this team in Germany? Should I join this team in California or Portland? Is is that something that that you consider, or is it like okay, there's an opportunity, I just have to take it? Yeah, I would say it that way. Um, I I think if you can play more than one position, I think that helps, especially in college and into the professional level, because, you know, a team sometimes is only looking for one spot. And if you're a player that can play multiple positions, it opens the door for you. If you're a player that can only play one position and you can't play anywhere else, it's great that you mastered that position, but I think it's even better if you can play more. So I'm an outside forward and I can play outside back. I can play center forward. I've played attacking mid. Um, they're maybe not like attacking mid or center forward, maybe not my strongest position, but I've played there before and I have enough knowledge where I feel comfortable playing there. So I think that kind of looks good on your resume. If you can be, if you can play and understand the game and see it in that perspective from those different positions, I think it opens the door for you to be on a team. So, but the position I think I strive at the most would probably be outside forward. You know, I'm a, a attacking player that lives for 1v1 moments. So, you know, on the flank is where I do, where I do my work. So, um, when it comes to looking at a formation, you know, it's, any opportunity I'm willing to take, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and be. I can only play on this formation, or I can only play with this system. You know, soccer is soccer. At the end of the day, it's a ball. You know, you play with your feet, and that's it. So, if I'm having to learn a new formation, a new system, then okay. Like as long as I'm playing and I'm on the field, I'm. You know, I'm at home. I'm at peace. You know, that's why I said I'm like I really will play any other position. If I'm a forward, I love. I love scoring, but if a coach thinks, I think I'm going to try to get center back or I think I'm going to try to get defensive mid, I would still be just as honored to play there because my love for the game is so pure. And when I'm out on the field, it's it's truly like I'm at peace. Everything else that exists kind of just goes away and I can do what I feel like I was born to do. So, you know, Playing in Germany versus playing in the U.S. was different, especially with formation-wise. Um, their their attacking style was different, and I think they're a more defensive-oriented team, which, you know, being as attacking player, that's not something you kind of like to hear, but it's another thing that I can, you know, again, add to my resume, and it's another thing that I learned about soccer. You know, I learned it from a different formation and saw the game from a different perspective and you kind of learn more things so um that way if I play you know if I end up playing in another country in Europe and they have a similar formation I can say okay I'm, I'm used to that I played it before and I can kind of add it like another feather to my hat so to speak so um 
the U.S. style and the the German style playing for that team was was different, but again, it was another growing experience. So, um, as long as I was out there playing, I was happy. So, when when you were when you were with Portland, was Tobin Heath there? Yep, uh, Tobin, Alex, uh, well, former national team player, uh, oh, Van Halbeck. Uh, she was there. Uh, Christine Sinclair. Um, Rand Wilkinson, Kaylin Kyle, loaded. <laughs> um, uh, Nadine Anger, German national goalkeeper. Uh, Jody Taylor, England, England forward. So yeah, they were they were stacked with uh, national team players. So um, one of the one of my favorite players I liked learning from was probably Jody Taylor. Um, she was there um, a little bit longer than some of the American players, but. Uh, her style of play was really was really fun to watch and learn from. And the days that that the days that Tobin or Alex was there, they were it was kind of like a dream come true of being able to you know put on the cleats the same way that they do, step into training, and you know not many girls, especially from my city, my state, my region, can can say they've done that. <laughs> so you know I'm. I was thinking oh, a lot of people back home would probably love to be where I am right now. So, but yet I kind of had to turn that down a little bit and be like, but yet I'm a player here too. I gotta, I gotta show them that I can perform and that, you know, I'm, I'm here for the same reason that they are. So it's, it's cool to, to play for a team like that and to grow and learn from those players. But you know, they, they, like I said before, they weren't there as long. You know, they were kind of in and out. They were getting ready for their World Cup. So um, I think the, the club soccer wasn't really their number one thing on their mind right now. And that's normal because they're, they're getting ready for one of the world's biggest tournaments. So the times when they were there, it was... Um, it was really, really great to be around them. Yeah, I guess where where my brain went when you said that you're that you live for one v one situations. Okay, mm-hmm. you're at Portland. Tobin Heath is there. Like right. that's, that's exactly what what she lives for. Right. I, I'm I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it must have been it must have been amazing to just be on the field next to her. Right. It was. When, so you're 24. Was Tobin was Tobin somebody that you actually got to watch when you were growing up, or was she not in the picture yet? Is she, I don't, I don't know how old she is. Um, she, I want to say she's around Alex's age, so she's 28, 28, 29. Uh, maybe she might be twenty seven actually. So, um, some of the players that kind of stick out to me growing up, obviously, first one was Mia Hamm. Um, I remember there was like a magazine cover of Christine Lilly and she was holding the American flag. And that's kind of one of the moments that I remember as a kid growing up, remembering like, okay, this is, this is when I want to be someday. So um, some of the older players like, you know, Christine Lilly or Brandy Chastain or Mia Hamm, they're kind of like the first players that, um, that I really looked out for. And then um, Alex Morgan probably was kind of, the next one coming into that along with Tobin and uh, along with Carly Lloyd, especially she is really, um, especially after reading her book. I mean, I was left speechless after reading that book and, you know, to hear her story and what she went through and, 
you know, the things that she's accomplished and it's, it's amazing. So she's one of the players too, that I really watched growing up. And then some of, you know, the national, other national team players like Marta or, or Jody Taylor, um, they've been, or, um, some of the the French players, uh, Les Sommers, like the way they play is, um, is different and, uh, a little bit, but maybe a little bit different from the American style, but it's, you know, kind of inspiring how the different moves they do on people or their vision on the field. Um, so I would say some of those players are kind of ones I look, and of course, you know, some of the men's players watching, but I think, you know, it's more realistic to watch some of the women's players just because that's the way the game is played. And that's the type of style that you're going to be playing into. So, um, yeah, they, um, and even I'll, you know, I'll look at other sports kind of for inspiration other than soccer, which is kind of weird. Um, I'm a big Roger Federer fan. So, you know, his mentality on the court, having that mentality is something I kind of can apply to in soccer, you know, just having that insane focus or, you know, having that composure in his game. That's something that, you know, you can add in soccer, you know, play under that composure under that huge amounts of pressure. So, you know, there's definitely other athletes that I, that I watch other than soccer that kind of inspire me. And I think, you know, when you're inspired and motivated by something, I think you can, um, you can really grow yourself and achieve a lot of other things. Because I, I feel like if you don't have that motivation, if you don't have something that inspires you, it's kind of hard to, to be successful and to, to be passionate about something. So it's, I, I'm even reading another book, another book uh, on Maria Sharapova, another another athlete that is inspiring to me. So I think um, for for kids at any age, like just finding an athlete, whether it's in soccer or another sport, someone that inspires you is going to help you help you move on and grow. Because I think, you know, being inspired is is something that kind of adds to your success. Shandra, we, we've answered or we've tackled X or exactly zero of the questions that I sent. I know. <laughs> we've, I know. We've gone off like way off. Yeah, we, we, we went through that hour <laughs> pretty fast. Really um, I, I don't want to keep you for the whole day, but I, I want to make sure that if, if people want to learn more about you, or want to get in contact with you or any anything uh, where can they find out more about you um either on of course the social media accounts um i'm not too much on twitter but mostly instagram or facebook sometimes i'll post things that i'm doing um for training you know shooting drills cone drills or strength and conditioning stuff um i don't like to put everything that I do on there just to kind of keep that private. But then there's some things I kind of put on there just to kind of share and give a little glimpse of, of what I'm doing. But I also kind of just word of um, advice too that some of the things that I do put on there, um, it, it's only, you know, a few seconds of work and it's only just a picture or a window of what it really is. So, you know, it's, 
really what I've gone through and what I am going through now is so much more than that. And if I had to try and put that into a whole Instagram account, it would probably be filled with so many things. Um, It probably would annoy people, but um, it's, yeah, like it's only a very small window of what, what I go through on a day-to-day basis and, you know, what I put my body through. So, um, and, you know, for the people that share those things or don't share those things, it's good to kind of see those things and, um, uh, again, get inspired from them. But it, again, it's only just a small, small thing. You know, if other uh, players, for example, that post kind of what they do, it's, you know, after reading Carly Lloyd's book and seeing her posts on Instagram, I'm sure when she, after she posts something about after workout, you know, you see her sweating, but I'm sure what she went through was, you know, she, she just got done putting her body through hell. So, you know, it's, you only see just like a small, small glimpse of it. So yeah, that's yeah. probably, yeah. Instagram or Facebook would probably be the, the main ones. Yeah. Even, even just what kind of piggyback on what you're saying, even as fans, as we watch just players on, on Saturdays or Sundays in the game, it's like, that is just mm-hmm. one glimpse into, into that person's, that person's life. And, and yeah, it's like the, the game is the reward in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you don't see the, the Monday through Friday. And so right. I think, exactly. yeah, I, I think for people to, to yeah, stay, uh, stay level-headed and, 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 and understand the perspective and, and things like that's, that's very, right. very important. Um, mm-hmm. I want to make sure too, and, and I'll mention it in the intro, um, and people will get it now as well. But, um, if they want, if they want to hear more about like, your actual upbringing and, and your time in youth soccer and um, college soccer and, and professional as well. I, I found your story on a pros life podcast with Tristan. And, mm-hmm. and so I've had Tristan on this show and that's when I came across, uh, I, that's how I came across your story. And then I noticed that you had done like a little photo shoot with Choco and, and, uh, yep. and his, mm-hmm. and his crack clothing and and so I was like, you know what? I, I think I want to reach out to you and 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 see if you'll come on 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 my podcast because I liked your story that you told on a pro's life. It's different than what we talked about today. So I right. think if if mm-hmm. people if people want more uh, of like your your history and right. and going through the college soccer and the and a little mm-hmm. bit of the pro side, that they should definitely 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 check that out. Yeah, I think that um, yeah, I I would say that podcast is a little bit a little bit different than this one with. Um, what I, what I've shared, but the, the one that I share with the pro's life is definitely gets really more into the history of it, especially at the younger age and kind of what some of the the ups and downs I went through during my college career. Um, so yeah, I feel like if anyone's interested in hearing that, that'd be, um, where they could find that. So yeah, I'm glad that you were able to reach out to me and to glad I was able to do this podcast for you. I love you know, sharing my story and, um, you know, spreading the word about basically about women's soccer. So yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on and, and, uh, best of luck to you on your journey. And and I hope you, hope you keep working hard and end up somewhere cool. Thank you. Thank you. We'll do. I'll, I'll definitely keep in touch. All right, cool. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. 
I hope that you enjoyed my talk with Chandra, and I hope that she enjoyed it as well. Um, If you are looking for more episodes like this podcast episode that you just listened to, you can find more on 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 3, 4, and 3. And coaching is all spelled out. So C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. And you can find all of our articles, all of our podcasts, all of our videos. Everything is on 343coaching.com, including this podcast and more podcasts. And if you like it, if you like the show, if you like anything that we do, um, drop us a line and let us know what you're enjoying. And if it's the podcast specifically, uh, go ahead and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher. That would be great. And we really appreciate you listening to us. We really appreciate you sharing our our content and just engaging with us and being part of the 343 family and community. So with that, I will leave it until next time. And yeah, thank you for being with us. And all right, goodbye.